Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie, running host again tonight uh, with a couple with a couple fellas joining from the great state of Georgia and the great state of New Jersey. We got Casey English on his first Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast tonight. What's going on, Casey? Uh, hey y'all, everybody doing all right? Man, thanks for having me on, appreciate it. Yeah, man, big shout out to Casey joining us over here at Hunt, Lift, Eat, joining us on the team this past week, and uh, he's here to spread some some knowledge from the woods in both the fishing realm and the hunting realm. Yeah, man. Excited to be on, be a part of the team. Happy to be here. Heck yeah, man. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on, boys? Excited to be back as usual, doing what I love. Doing what I love. That's right. You hear that, Luke? Doing what he loves. That's it. Just (laughs) doing what he loves. All right. Let's talk. uh, Let's talk the topic tonight. Let's go fishing. Yeah. Let's go. All right, let's go fishing. Um, right now, down here in Georgia is kind of a really good or a really important transition time coming from these hot summer months of August as we transition into September. And we're thinking about cooler weather. We're not quite there. We're actually getting some much needed rain uh, today and over the next five days. Casey, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking. And it looks yeah, like it's, it's never going to quit. Yeah, Noah's Ark for the next week, man. But, uh, yeah, important transition area. So, Casey, why don't you hit us with some of uh, your kind of summer to fall transition tips or whatever you're thinking about uh, right now in this time period? Yes, yeah, so I know a lot of us in Georgia here, you know, we're getting geared up for deer season and, you know, bow season about to kick off. But really, you know, whenever this time of year gets here going into fall, um, you know, I get fired up for a lot of a lot of bass fishing. You know, that's that, that's primarily what what I do is bass fishing. That's that's where any of the, the tips that I give. That's going to be kind of what it's centered around. But um, you know, coming off these hot months, you know, when the water temps up high eighties and higher in some parts, you know, these bass get real lethargic. You know, especially the ones you know they moved offshore post spawn. A few that have stayed up under some structure and docks and stuff. But for the most part, they're out deep. You know, they're not, they're not going to do take many meals during the day. So when they do, they're going to, you know, it's going to be a, a big one-time eat. Um, but right now, you know, we're going to get off of that. We're going to get into, um, you know, they're going to be more, um, more actively feeding in those early windows um, coming off the cooler nights when the water temps down, you know, the oxygen levels are going to be a lot better. And, um, so you're able to slip out there now and, and still get on a good top water bite. But then even, you know, after those initial few hours of the day, you know, they're still chasing shad, they're still chasing other, you know, bait fish, whatever is in, in your area. Um, so the biggest thing I would just tell you from, from that is keep it, keep it as simple as you can. You don't, you don't need a huge variety of tackle right now to, um, you know, to really, you know, land some quality bass at this time of year, um, just because they are going to be actively feeding more, you know, find whatever kind of bait fish live in your lake, find out where they're at in the water column, and then just, you know, match the hatch. Um, yeah, just don't overcomplicate it, but just go to them because they're going to be actively feeding more. You're not going to have to, um, you know, trick them as much to get them to eat. You just, just put it there and let them come get it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of really good, points that you're talking about there and you know this time of year when it's so hot down here like the bass are still going to eat but they're going to work a little less hard for it right that's that's kind of the name of the game 
Yeah, for sure. You know, they're just, you know, it's just activity level. You know, it's just, you know, the, the water temperature is more comfortable. So naturally they're going to be moving around and burning more calories and all just like us. Um, so whenever they're able to do that, I mean, they're going to need to take in more. So, you know, they're going to go outside of their initial little spots and, you know, expand their, um, their feeding territory, which makes it less critical for you to be on the exact right spot during that tight feeding window. Um, like what we have to deal with in the summer months, you know, it, it allows you to cover more water, do more power fishing, but, you know, get more reaction type bites. And, um, you know, it, it's a lot of fun and it's not as miserable being on the water with it 104 degrees. Yeah. Especially when you're pouring sweat by 8am, right? Yeah. That's no fun. <laughs> I love it. So, I love fishing as much as anybody. And I just despise that part of the year. <laughs> so what are you, what do you got rigged up? all the time right now like what are your what are your top three because uh, i know i know how uh ocd you are with your baits anyways and i know you've got your rods rigged up all the time so what are your like three go-tos right now during this kind of transition area so depending on what kind of water clarity and, and how much chops on the water first thing in the morning i will have some some kind of top water tied on you know, if we can get real, you know, real glass slick, you know, I'm going to do some kind of, you know, buzz bait or a prop bait, like a whopper popper, you know, something that's just going to create a disturbance and trigger a reaction by coming up or uh, can't go wrong with something like a super spooker, you know, a walking style bait. Just those, those trigger a lot of bites, you know, early in the morning and, um, you know, when bass are actively feeding, but throughout the day after that, I'll back down to a, um, like a paddle tail style swim bait. And depending on where I'm finding bass at in the water column, I'll determine what, what way to jig head to put them on. And then, you know, you can put them on an underspin. But there's just a lot of options you can do to that to kind of fine tune what they're, what they're wanting to eat at that moment. And then I will not leave without a drop shot. That's just kind of the, you know, when, when the, the feed stops and, you know, you're having to work a little bit harder for that bite, but you're, you know, you're finding structure, you're marking fish on the graphs or, you know, however, whatever kind of approach you're taking at it, um, you can manipulate where you're putting that bait at on that drop shot and basically just dangle it right in front of their face and, and force feed it to them. Um, then you can, you can mix up what kind of, uh, what style baits you're putting on that. It's just, that's three techniques that um, we could probably do a, a full length podcast on each individual technique we had time, but, um, that's just, that's, that's three things that I, I will go to the water with every time right now. Nice. I love it. Yeah. When did you start running drop shot pretty frequently? Uh, probably when I started doing a lot of co-angler tournaments Yeah, uh, or fish, you know, fishing co-angler divisions just because of the, I quote unquote lack of control, you know, just kind of having to, you know, drag around and junk fish some. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things like I tried it once because I knew it was a technique that I wasn't super familiar with. And then over the last couple of years, I've, I've really forced myself to, um, to expand on it. And it's, it's become a, a big confidence lure to me. Like I have a designated rod now for it. That's the only thing that is ever tied on in that rod 99% of the time goes with me whenever we go uh there's just so many options you can do with it with different style weights different um leader lengths you know you can chase bass whether it's in two foot of water or 65 foot of water 
um, especially in like going into the winter months, you know, like when the power fishing really slows down, like they're just not, you know, they're not eating big, any kind of big bait or anything. That drop shot is, is a slammer. Yeah, it's awesome. I feel like it's like, maybe I'm late to the game, but relatively new down here. Like I certainly didn't grow up fishing drop shot and now it's kind of like made its, made its, staked its claim, I guess, on uh, fishing techniques. Yeah, I'd say it's, I've, I've come onto it probably in the last two years really strong. Um, and I think a lot of it now is just, there's so much content you can find on like YouTube and stuff like that and people fishing you know, different climates, different water temps, just different styles. And I was noticing that everybody I was watching, you know, was, was catching them on drop shots. And um, especially when, you know, you go north and you start getting into smallmouth waters. Like, yeah, I was going to say, that's where not, we catch you, them in Canada. If you're not fishing, yeah. if you're not fishing a drop shot for, for smallmouth, like what you're, you're, you're leaving so much to be gained. Yeah, and um, you know, down here it's it's a very good tool for spotted bass and largemouth, and um, it just generates good bites. You're able to really slowly work a bait through an area, and um, you know, when when you get it at the right at the right level, you know, sometimes you got to adjust you know your um, your leader length there off your tag end, and but once you dial it in, it's it's a very it's a very good bait. Hell yeah. That's all fantastic stuff, man. We got to unpack that more in a, in a full length pod. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But let's head North for time's sake. Bobby, sure. take us fishing. Let's go fish. All right. First thing <laughs> is first, how many beers are too many beers per hour of fishing? That's the equation that we need to figure out first. I don't know so, if that number exists. <laughs> yeah. So, at what point do you say I'm drink now? I'm just drinking and I'm not fishing. But anyway, all right. Besides, that's we it. Off top. you know, it's a great it's question. A- Most of my fishing trips turned into that, anyways. So yeah. So I just, <laughs> I'm just always curious as to know how many is too many to bring. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's not my tip. I swear. My my tip is, uh, depending on the species of fish that you're fishing, pay attention to your water temperatures of the the. Of the species that you're fishing, so like up here, a lot of us fish yellowfin tuna, and when we're fishing yellowfin, we're following that warmer water, and we're following those that climate coming in and that climate coming out, and that's when you know to know the optimum time to actually catch the species that you're going for. I mean, there's a million different fish out there that follow the warmer water, the colder water, whatever it is that you're looking for. Uh, for yellowfin, I mean, you really want to be within the, I'd say, seventy to eighty degree water temperatures and you know in north jersey area when you're in deep seas that's uh it's not it's not very frequent that you have those warm waters coming through there so finding that sweet spot time of the warmer water is key for getting out there and that's when you do those deep sea runs there so that's my tip follow the warm water cold water whatever for what species that you're looking for when y'all are doing that's like a totally different you're like on another planet right now, as far as what you're the type of fishing that you're talking about compared to Casey and I, and I'm yeah. super intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, freshwater, we do a lot of here, but it's just, you know, I mean, I'm on the shore. I mean, I can walk out my house and I'm two blocks to the bay and it's just one of the things that everybody in this area fishes and everybody always just wants to do tuna fishing. I mean, everybody does flounder. We do stripers, we do bluefish, we do all kinds of saltwater fish, but 
tuna fish is the one that does bragging rights around here. And that's, you know, big eye, yellowfin, whatever you're going for. But everybody's a tuna fisher in this area. And if the, even me being the worst tuna fisher probably in New Jersey, I'm still a tuna fisher. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, are y'all trolling for them? Trolling. Yeah. It, it, it always depends on like, I mean, it's just like hunting too. Like there's so many different things that you can do and you get anxious and you're like, wait, we're trolling and now this isn't working. Like let's switch it up. And then you're like, yeah. no, wait, that, right? that was stupid. Yeah. Like it's just, you're always changing your mind and you're always changing and you're always asking everybody, Hey, what was working for you this weekend? Well, not, not worked for me today. It, it's just, let's just face it. Fishing sucks, man. It's so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do it to ourselves? It's kind of like the big conundrum with fishing, right? Cause like you can't like with hunting, you can trust your eyes, right? Right. But with fishing, you, I mean, can't see trust the water electronics. You get, yeah, unless you got some badass electronics that you know have some down imaging, down imaging and side imaging, which Casey probably has. Yeah, yeah. The big thing right now is like the active target stuff, you know, um, like pan optics, and I mean it's it's like it's front facing sonar, and it's it's live time. Like it, it's it's changed the game, it, you know, for bass fishing or anything. I mean, you're you're sitting there, you can watch that bait go down. And you can see how a fish reacts to it. You can see, I mean, it, it, it's just opened up and especially for like offshore fishing, like, you know, offshore brush piles and stuff, stuff that you ne- we never could, you know, access. We could see it on, on side scan and stuff, but as for the way fish were staging up on it and then the way they would come off of it and react to a bait, it's just, uh, it's allowed us to be a lot more effective. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, some people hate it. Some people love it, you know, you got some of the, your quote unquote purists that that's just, you know, it's, it's ruined bass fishing. But, um, I mean, I come at it kind of from the competitive side of it. It's an edge and it's, it's not so much an edge now as it is. If you don't have it, you're not competitive. So, I mean, as long as they allow it, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And there's, you know, everybody can fish and hunt however they want, you know, within legal limits. And, talking about like from a purist point of view, we've got a lot of, a couple of diehard fishermen or uh, fly fishermen on the team as well. We'll have to get them on sometime. And, you know, I've caught a bass or two on a bed, you know, the fly fisherman probably wouldn't love that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like in the hunting world, it, it translates for sure to like, if you look at what some of these States are doing, like Arizona banned trail cams, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to misspeak, but I'm pretty sure it's Arizona. Uh, banning trail cams because it gives an unfair advantage, right? So it's definitely a right. conversation that is had and will come up probably. Well, sweet boys, this is a good one. Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I appreciate. Hey you Bobby, I want to know though what what size tuna would you have to catch to be able to come back and not have to lie about how big it was? It's so it's you you lie no matter what you you can catch <laughs> jaws out there it don't matter. All right, everything Everybody is a Guinness That's record. That's how you know if it's a true fisherman, right there. <laughs> you lie no matter what. You lie you no matter what. It don't matter. Just like when you say like, "Hey, there was a fire down the road." Yeah, really. There was a hundred firemen. There weren't a hundred firemen there. There were probably like ten. But like you embellished the shit out of that fucking story. Just like your fish, man. What does an average yellowtail weigh? Weigh or like length? Weigh. So 30 pounds, 40 pounds? About 40, 50 pounds. Yeah, I mean, you you get some bigger ones though. I mean, oh, weight? Are you saying weight or inches? I can't hear you. Sorry, I'm like losing it. Weight. 300 to 400? Pounds? 
pounds yellowfin yeah jesus christ yellowfin's a a, a bigger boy we don't have those in lake lanier yeah no they're they're like i'd say 40 to 60 inches though is really like uh for yellowfin but you're looking anywhere i mean i've seen some go 250 400 tops but big fish man that's a big fish that's a big fish. And then you get tired. You reel one of them in, you're done for the day. You're like, okay, that's it. That's why I work out for the day. That's cardio. That's arms. It's legs. It's back. It's everything. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's a couple of spotted bass there, Casey. <laughs> it, it, um, I have yet to weigh in a bag that was equivalent to one tuna. So <laughs> <laughs> the day, the day I catch enough largemouth to do that, it will be the day that I can go do this full time for a living. That's right. Cause I will have figured it out. Right. We got guys up here catching big eyes that are massive, you know, like it's just insane. Some of the size of them. I'll send you some pictures. One of my buddies just caught a big eye. And I forgot to ask him how much it weighed and he, he couldn't, they couldn't get it in the boat. So he's literally on the outside of the boat, taking a picture of it, laying, swimming, laying next to it. And it looks just like prehistoric. It's just wild to me how you can find something deep yeah, down like crazy. that. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, boys, I appreciate it. This has been a good one. I, uh, yeah, heck yeah. We should talk about fishing more. Yeah, I was going to say for all the listeners out there, head over to the, the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast Instagram page. First, give it a like. And then um, slide into their DMs there and let us know a, if there's a, a specific technique or whatever that you would like us to, uh, to dive into a little bit more on a full-length podcast because, you know, it's hard to uh, – it's hard to really cover the whole basis of one in, you know, that, well, I think 18 minutes that I see that we've been going here. Um, you know, but if, if, if you'd like to hear a specific technique, whether it be more about the drop shot or a swim bait or, you know, deep crankbanks, top water, whatever it may be, just, um, you know, send a message in there to the, um, to the hunt lift deep podcast page and we'll, uh, we'll get something lined up for sure. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Solid plug right there. Casey, well done. Yeah, go Good follow morning, the yeah. Hunt Lift podcast on Instagram. Hit us up with anything you guys want to hear about, any topics, um, especially fishing related. Just hit us with them. We'll get we'll get someone on here who knows what they're talking about, Casey. Uh, go follow Hunt Lift Eat Official on Instagram. Uh, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys, and we'll talk to you next week.